0: Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Listeners, I hope you're having a wonderful week and that you're ready to listen to this wonderful interview with my friend, Ms. Emily Weichel, who I actually met this past November in Chiang Mai, Thailand, after we both had joined the same Facebook event page for Women in Chiang Mai. This is actually a great way to meet people while you're traveling through meetup.com or Facebook event pages, because you'll find a lot of things being planned that you would never know about by just looking at TripAdvisor or a guidebook. So Emily and I met at a lunch that was all digital nomad ladies, and we then realized that we were living in the same apartment complex. So after a few weeks, I invited Emily onto the podcast. Emily has quite an incredible story because she grew up with a family that didn't really travel very much, which is similar to my background and maybe many of your backgrounds. But she found a way to make a life of travel for herself, and i'm very excited now to share emily's story with you
1: welcome to episode
0: 14 of the school of travels podcast and today i am here with my neighbor emily weichel hello emily hey becky thanks for having me thank you for doing this and thank you for inviting me into your apartment (laughs) (laughs) no
1: problem all right so
0: first of all emily can you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: uh, I have been in Chiang Mai for about six weeks now, I'm hoping to stay for a little bit longer. Uh, I've been on the road right now since June, so it's January now it's been about eight months.
0: That's one reason I really want to talk to you is because I know that you just started this digital nomad journey uh, yeah. and traveling from, where, where are you from in the States?
1: Uh, I'm from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. It's a, about an hour outside of Philadelphia. And just for the listeners also,
0: how old are you? I'm 26. Okay. When you told me that and you said that you were just starting this whole journey, I was excited because I wish I had started when I was 26. I know you've got to be learning things every day.
1: Oh my gosh, I feel like my brain has doubled in size in the amount of things that I've learned in this short period of time, and I've definitely made a lot of mistakes along the way, but... In the grand scheme of things, I definitely wouldn't change anything. I uh, needed all of those experiences uh, to where I'm currently at in my travels, in my business, in my life. So, And that's from just eight months,
0: right? So I'd love to go back and find out how you, how did you get here from where you started? So you were in Pennsylvania and how did you like, how did you first start becoming interested in travel?
1: Uh, So I've always been interested in travel from a very young age, Um, but I, you know, graduated university like everybody else and I got a job and then I got another job and I moved into the city and I had, by all intents and purposes, I had the best situation. I was living with friends. I had plenty of friends in the city. Uh, I had a company that really took care of their employees.
0: Which Um, city were you in? Philadelphia. Oh,
1: Philadelphia. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But for some reason, I still wasn't happy. And I realized that what was missing in my life was the travel. I had had this dream since I was 12 that I would do this endless travel. And one day I would just kind of, I would travel around until one day I turned around and said, I think I live here now. (laughs) and <laughs> move in
0: <laughs> I have to say like what gave you that dream when you were 12 do you remember
1: uh, so my earliest memory of traveling outside of my hometown uh, my grandma won it big in Atlantic City she wanted to take all of us to go see the Rockettes in New York um, so I'm less than 10 I think I was like five or six I was pretty young when this happened um, but it's my earliest memory of, like, just realizing that there's a world beyond my five square miles. So, um, you know, my she got us a limo, and we drove into the city, and we had dinner at Carmine's. She and, did not. That
0: is amazing. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, yeah. So my family's, a lot of my family's from North Jersey, and she, uh, my grandma and my papa both grew up in the Bronx, so they were very comfortable with the city and things like that. New York City. Um, I I say the city twice (laughs) and I meant (laughs) Philadelphia and New York, so that can be a little bit confusing for everybody (laughs) listening. Right now I'm speaking about New York. And um, New York really just, it opened my eyes to, hey, there's a world out there. Uh, There's somewhere other than my hometown. There are different ways of living besides the way that I'm used to. Uh, And I, I got the bug. I got the itch. So, then the second time I traveled, um, I had done. I don't know if you'd heard of People to People program. It's a student ambassador program that uh, sends kids in primary. I don't know if primary, but secondary, middle school um, to different countries, and you can do like two week trips or three week trips. Um, And when I was thirteen. I did Sydney, Australia, Auckland, New Zealand, and Nandi, Fiji. And that was one 17-day trip.
0: Wow. That had to be life-changing.
1: It was. And to be 13 years old and just to... Even though I was with a school trip, technically, there were three chaperones um, and, like, 20 kids, maybe. But you're still on your own. You still have to figure out how to beat jet lag as fast as possible, and how to live out of a suitcase. So that was my second time kind of traveling alone. Uh, well, I obviously didn't go to New York by myself at five, but, um, <laughs> but that was my first time traveling, quote-unquote, alone at 13. Mm-hmm. Um, my first time fully alone, I was 18. Uh, I, I was already a year... My school offered this program... My high school offered this program where you could forego your first year of your last year of high school and do college credits um but still have all the privileges of being a senior in high school so i got to go to prom i got to walk with my class and i was the guinea pig group for this program so we really help them test out the kinks.
0: <laughs> that sounds really interesting. So you would just go back into your school for something like prom, mm-hmm. but you were?
1: And I could still play sports. Okay. Um, so I was already ahead on credits by the time I graduated uh, high school. And I sat my parents down and I said, I'm not going to college.
0: <laughs> Whoa, I did not know the story about you, Emily. Yeah. This is OK. Yeah,
1: I what sat my parents instead? down. I sat my parents down and I said, I'm not ready. Uh, I found this volunteer program online, and I'm I'm gonna do that for my first semester. I want to do that for a couple of months before I'm ready to go to college. And my parents said, "You know, Emily, we're not saying no, but we want to talk. We want to talk it over between the two of us." And I said, "Hey, I'm 18, and I found my passport, and I and I hid it, so you can say no." <laughs> feel free to say no but you can't stop me and the look on their faces just like it, it gives me life to remember
0: <laughs> i'm gonna high five you right now That is the sound of a high five thank wow. you well where was this volunteer program going to be because you mentioned hiding your passport so. yeah
1: so i i laugh at this now because i was like listen uh you know whether i go or not is not you know up to you guys but Uh, I do want to offer you, if you want to talk about this, like my top three places that I feel like I want to go are this, this, and this. Like maybe we can, you know, I wanted them to feel involved. And um, I decided on Bogota, Colombia.
0: Wow. Okay. As a parent, I'm going to put on a parent (laughs) hat. The alarm bells just went off because I thought of all the media images of the drug war Mm -hmm. and everything, the kidnappings. And at that time, I'm sure, like this was before the FARC agreement, yeah, and this like was
1: resolution. 2011. Mm. Yeah, I'm Fresh out of high school. I used all the money that I got in those graduation cards, and that's what I used for my trip. Wow. That is not what anybody had in mind, when they put 20 bucks in a card. But, <laughs>
0: hey. Have fun, Columbia. Did like that
1: in card? No, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody at that point. So
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I've,
1: I've always been a little weird and gutsy this way. I was you know? gonna ask you,
0: like where did you where do you think you got the courage to sit your parents down like that at the age of eighteen?
1: I don't know. I think um life in, in life in general, like I think confidence is a muscle. It's not a personality trait. And I had worked really hard um, internally you know I'd always been trying to be just the best version of myself and I wanted to feel confident how did
0: you do that do you mind digging a little deeper because that could help a lot of people um, think, especially at that age
1: I think I just was a particularly observant person so I have two brothers and I was growing up 90s early 2000s um, and at that point in time things were still a very um, boys do this and girls do that right and since I was a girl I felt a little isolated in that you know I was supposed to like pink and I was supposed to you know be I don't know were you polite youngest? Youngest? no I was the middle, the middle so okay. <laughs> that and also that can, be, yeah, <laughs> that can be yeah that can that in and of itself too can be very isolating right because um, you feel like everything is coming around you you know that the some stereotypes are there for a reason right
0: okay. I felt it in Ohio as well. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a brother, but definitely, I mean, my mother was told after two years of secretarial school by her father, that's all the schooling a girl needs. Mm-hmm. And my mother never pursued anything further schooling-wise because of, you know, these messages were told.
1: Right, right. And it's subliminal messages, right? Um, it doesn't necessarily happen all at once, you know. So anyway, um, I felt, I guess... I just had to learn how to be alone. I had to learn how to feel comfortable in who I was because I was otherwise I would just be miserable, right? Right. Um, you learn how to make your own fun. So I think that's where it really came from. And I, and I observed a lot of people who... I became very observant being that middle child, having everything run around you at all times. Um, and I kind of observed what it did to people to have them feel so worried about what other people thought and how that kind of ate you up inside. And then kind of looking at them and saying, why, why do you think everybody's thinking about you? Right? Like my, I had the biggest aha moment when I was like, why do I think anyone cares what I do ever?
0: (laughs) That is such an important moment
1: to have. It feels, it felt like such a light bulb in my head, right? Nobody nobody thinks that much about you, right? So if you're concerned about your outfit or what what is there really to be worried about, right? Mind you, this is something it's an ongoing process. You're never going to be fully confident. You're never going to be fully perfect. It doesn't exist. So like you said it's a muscle and
0: maybe if we keep training it hundred percent flexible yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we can keep doing amazing things
1: yeah exactly and I'm, I certainly don't know everything I try to but striving
0: for perfection.
1: perfection no no um I'm just saying this is what works for me so okay. um and it works for me to be constantly working on that feeling of confidence that feeling of um owning who I am and what I want out of life Um, and deciding to do this, to do this endless trap, to actually do it, right? Because I was 12 when I dreamed this up. Um, Deciding to actually do it was a huge test and a huge, I guess test is the best word, just realizing and deciding that your life belongs to you and you can decide the lifestyle that you want to live,
0: right? And... That is such
1: a powerful message for people to remember. Yeah, if, I could, if, I, if you get anything out of this podcast, I, I hope you take that home with you. I take that to your core and walk away with that because it is something that I had to really learn the hard way with people looking at me and saying, why are you doing this? Like, Why would you do this to us when we're so, going to be so worried about you? Um, it's not their life. It's not their life. At the end of the day, it's your life and you have to be proud of who you are, um, proud of where you've been and where you have to go.
0: And I'd say have the confidence to follow through with the decision that you made. So Absolutely. When you went to Columbia, what happened? How was it?
1: Um, Columbia was amazing. I loved it. Uh, I was very good at Spanish by the time I left and I'm awful at it now. But That's a muscle too,
0: right? <laughs> it is, it
1: is. Uh, but yeah, I was only there. I was there for two months, uh, and it was a really wonderful experience. Um, I stayed in an apartment with like ten other volunteers, so I learned, uh, you know, just a lot of different things. And I, you had to be at least eighteen to be in the program, so um, I got picked on a lot. <laughs> uh. But you know, all in good fun, right? But it was a really great experience. It really got me. Flexing that travel muscle, right? That confidence muscle. That feeling like um, we're all just people, and everybody lives their life differently. That doesn't make any anybody's way of life wrong.
0: It's nice too, I think, because you had those other volunteers around you. You weren't going completely alone at eighteen, right? And you had, you got to, you know, get advice from them and mm-hmm. picked on as well. But still, you had like. Lot, at least some kind of safety net around you to help you like almost like training wheels to
1: yeah absolutely I, I had people to go out with I had people to spend time with who are in the same situation as me uh which is what I love about Chiang Mai uh right yeah, now is that it's uh, such a nomad hub right so it's really easy to make friends um or find the hot spots but also Avoid the hotspots if you want to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I the same as you. I've loved meeting you. I've loved meeting all these people around us that are in the same situation. It definitely mm-hmm. gives you even more confidence, I think. It really
1: does. It really does. Um, but after that, what isn't even when I kind of uh, Columbia isn't when I decided to kind of live a nomadic life. I actually did go home and did end up going to college, um, and did three years because of the way that my credits transferred and things like that and I did it the way every good American does. I joined a sorority and I lived with my sisters and it was an amazing experience. But it was, you know, just a small liberal arts college and, and a
0: great time. I could say like a lot of people that aren't American who like they see all that college experience in America through movies and it actually is pretty similar. It does live <laughs> up to the hype. It is. And it, like, I, I was the same. I went to a university in Ohio, and I wasn't in a sorority, but I did so many kind of classic things on campus, and it's yeah,
1: fun. It's a it good is. time. It is. It was, and it took, I mean, those friends I take with me, I'm about to be in two weddings from sorority sisters, so. Oh, it's
0: going to be fun. No. Going back to the U.S.?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'll just make a trip out of it. You know, it's nice to be able to Live this lifestyle and be able to do that. So,
0: yeah. So, how did you feel when you graduated from college and you were saying you start you started working in the city, of Philadelphia? Yeah. That, right.
1: Uh, I actually first my first job out of college was at a local bank. So I started working at in um, Bucks County. Okay. Um, and I was living with my dad. I was living in my dad's basement. I was the cliche. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find that I was in my pajamas by five thirty. Uh, when I got out at five because there wasn't much of a young, there weren't a lot of people that I knew in that area that were my age to spend time with. So that got me quickly applying to jobs in the city. Um, I mean, the bank was a wonderful experience. They were going through, um, I worked in their marketing department and they were going through uh, a merge. So I got to be a part of a whole company rebrand and really learn uh, the ins ins and outs of corporate marketing um, or like in-house marketing. So that was really, it was a really fun experience. Um, and then the next job that I got was email marketing for a medical textbook publishing company in downtown Philadelphia. Um, and I loved that job. Like I said, they had amazing benefits for their employees. They were fun people to spend time with, uh, they, they really saw me growing within the company, uh, but still there was something missing in my life and I needed, I needed to get on the road.
0: <laughs> Would you trade that experience now? Are you happy that you had those years in a corporate setting?
1: I don't really before? believe in regrets. Um, I certainly have them, but <laughs> I don't think that I would be who I am if I didn't have those experiences because I wasn't confident enough in my abilities when I graduated to do what I'm doing now. Uh, And I learned so much from being a part of both of those marketing departments. So I definitely wouldn't go back.
0: I ask that in part because I feel the same. I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but for people that are listening that are really interested in a nomadic type of lifestyle for travel, I think it is really essential to spend at least two years, I'm going to say minimum, but maybe mm-hmm. more than that, in a corporate fixed environment so that you know the difference and you learn a lot of normal processes by being in those companies.
1: Absolutely, and how uh... I've learned quickly how little the difference is between a big corporation and a small business. You, they use a lot of the same processes that I end up using in my, my business. So,
0: Can you tell me a little about your business now that work are on that subject?
1: Yeah, so uh, I own a marketing company called M&Co Marketing. Uh, it is uh, mindful marketing strategies for the wellness entrepreneur business. Uh, and so I create a sales funnel and a marketing strategy that is mindful towards your business identity and your target audience uh, in order to guide them through a journey that leads directly to your services
0: and your website. I'm sure that your clients really appreciate how you can you know, help. I, I need so much help with marketing, I find. Because um, a lot of people don't like to be that marketing salesy type of person, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you're definitely providing a benefit for these people.
1: Absolutely. And that's uh, a big part of what I do in my business is trying to be mindful without uh, mindful in my marketing instead of being salesy, right? We want to make sure that we're not just bringing clients, we're bringing in the right clients and we're bringing in people who are those... Soulmate clients, your perfect client, your ideal person.
0: So, when did you start your company?
1: So, uh, when I first started traveling, I was freelancing, and I just redid. Since I've been in Chiang Mai, I have been pivoting towards uh, the agency style. So, my website actually just launched at the turn of the year, and I'm very excited. Congratulations! It's Thank a big you. Milestone. Yeah. Thank you. So,
0: how I guess. After you did this job in Philadelphia, and you realized there was something more, when did you make? When did you take that next step?
1: I was actually uh, having a, just a hard time in Philadelphia. I felt like I had everything that I had deemed fathomable in my life. You know, I had a job in the city. I had friends. I had an apartment. I had the freedom to be able to knew that I was my trajectory was headed up. Right, like my next apartment would be a studio, right? And then it would be next, you know, finding a husband, right? And I wasn't ready to be that settled. Uh, So that made me feel very unhappy with my life. Uh, So slowly but surely, I started trying to pinpoint what was wrong and started doing things. I started realizing that the times where I'd felt most excited about life, most alive... I was facing some sort of fear. Columbia, or um, at this point in my life, I had already gone skydiving. Um, and I realized that inside of me, I felt an adrenaline rush when I faced a fear. So I decided to uh, jump after the fear of public speaking just to try to change gears in my brain. Uh, to I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't really sure why. I just felt like... Maybe this would help me feel, get out of my funk. Uh, So I started doing improv. That's
0: why you replied to my comment about improv. Yeah, yeah. A couple of days ago. I did not know you were an improver, but
1: good on you. Yeah, no, I did just a 101 course, a a, a 101, a 102 course or something, um, just to make me feel a little bit more confident in front of a group. And it paid back in all aspects of my life. Um, I felt more confident at work felt more confident uh, realigning what I wanted in my life. I felt more confident with the people that my family and friends uh, kind of standing up for myself or feeling, you know, empowered to, you know, not put up with any crap from guys I dated or anything. Like, it really helped me decide what was best for me and push towards that,
0: right? Did, did you ever do a show?
1: Yeah, I did them a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I haven't
0: performed it. in a show yet. I keep kind of like just doing a class here, a class there. But I agree with you, improv. I I try to not get on a soapbox about it, but it cha- it really gives you so many different benefits across your life, like you just said.
1: Absolutely. Um, so my my teacher actually did a show about. She did a one woman show about how she got through some. Uh, being molested as a child and her whole message there was that there was humor and healing and I, I took that with me right um, I was able to say you know what there's humor and healing I'm not happy right now but I'm ready to move forward uh, and that's when I kind of got back to What makes me me? Um, And I went back to... I had worked at the summer camp a couple of years prior, and I decided to volunteer there for a week. And I started talking to people, the other counselors who traveled from abroad to be camp counselors in the States. And it kind of reminded me, like, hey, you're a traveler in your heart, girl. Like, you need to look into... why Why aren't you traveling? Like, you're a traveler. That's who you are. And that's when I started in the uh, Google box hole of how do I travel and work at the same time?
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, because that's, I mean, there are drawbacks to working while you're traveling. But ideally, it's, of course, the way to keep doing it. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. It's a lifestyle change. Right. And so with that mindset change of like, let me face a fear. Okay. let me return to something that made me feel happy. Camp. Oh, okay. Now let's see if we can rework my lifestyle to match who I know myself to be.
0: That's amazing. And so how long did it take you from that camp realization moment to finally getting on the road in June? Six months?
1: No, I think a little bit more. So it was six months when I was like, this is happening. Because that was in August. So in about February, I started being like, no, this is definitely happening, but I had a moment where I was kind of proceeding, trying to learn how to do this, thinking like, am I really gonna do this? Am I really gonna like this is crazy, right? How am I gonna tell people? And I was doing it secretly, right? So I <laughs> wasn't telling anybody about it because I wanted to really make sure I had my ducks in a row because I, I knew everyone was gonna be like, Girl, you are easy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so many voices outside right telling you things when you take when you face your fears or take a big risk
1: absolutely and um it's a calculated risk
0: right and it's as simple as getting back on the plane to come right back home if it doesn't work
1: exactly and um i always i use this as a selling point for some family and friends it's like there's always going to be a flight to new york Right? No matter where I am in the world, so I'm really lucky with where I just happen to be from that uh, it's such a hub in New York to I'm always gonna be able to find a flight if I need to yeah. get out. So that that's, helps the peace of mind, right? What were
0: we? Oh, so you were saying it was like in February you decided I'm gonna do this.
1: Oh, yes, so you? I guess you it was it. February or March. It was the end of the winter in Philly, and I was walking into work, and there was uh, a an ambulance outside of my work. And I didn't take it very seriously. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe somebody fainted and, uh, or something. Like, oh no, I hope everybody's okay. And I went into work and went about my day, and I heard that it was this guy, George. George was the kind of guy who brought people together. He would kind of just email people in different departments and say, who wants to go get sushi today? Like he'd he'd really collect people and bring them to lunch or anything. And maybe, maybe I'm just projecting, but because I was in that tough place, um, I I do wonder if he kind of noticed that and reached out to me for that reason. Um, But anyway, I was like, oh no, like it's George. I really hope he's okay. Two hours go by and, and um, somebody comes up to me and says he, he didn't make it, he had a heart attack. He had been at the company as long as I've been alive. Oh my goodness. And uh, so the company said, everybody go home. It's okay. You know, this is a huge loss for everyone here. Please go home. Oh. Yeah, so it was that day that I said like, no turning back now. Life is too short not to live it the way that you've always wanted to.
0: What an incredible reminder mm-hmm. right in front of you, but also I'm sure that George would agree with you. 100%, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, and I can definitely see how it would inspire you to make that plan a reality.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so naturally I just aligned it with when my, my lease was up. <laughs>
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh, I had a wedding in June, so I had to be in Tennessee, so I went down to Tennessee first, and that's when, uh, here we are. Yes,
0: <laughs> here we are. And I know that you did do some travel in Europe before you made it over to Chiang Mai.
1: Yeah, I started in Europe uh, because I just felt like I was too old to not have been there yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reason. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes. And it's it's so close to where you're from, actually. Just a, Yeah, really the flight wasn't flight. so bad. It's not going to Mexico. It's
1: probably the next closest place, right, besides Canada. Right. Um, so, uh, and I started in Lisbon, so I wanted oh, to. Oh, Lisbon.
0: Uh,
1: I, really, I really fell in love with Lisbon, and I'm still trying to, like, think. I'm trying, I'm, I want to be sure that I really love Lisbon, and I'm not just thinking because it was my first, you know, my <laughs> first place in my nomadic life, right. Um, but I do really love Lisbon. I made some good
0: friends there, and, um... I haven't actually heard this debated before in a podcast. How do you feel about Lisbon versus Chiang Mai?
1: Oh, well, the nomad scene here is bigger, obviously, because Chiang Mai has been a nomad hub for so long, so much longer. Um, Lisbon is a nomad hub as well for Europe, um... I'm curious how that's gonna play out for the next couple of years, because um, I know that the locals have a hard time with it's It's raising their cost of living in order to live in Lisbon, so.
0: Yeah, having it, been, having, having it be a capital city and hmm. you know a city in its own right, it almost feels like Chiang Mai has almost, where we walk around has become geared tor- towards tourists, whereas I know Lisbon won't ever be geared completely towards tourists, so.
1: Right, so. But I loved it. It's a beautiful place. Yes. Definitely will go back. <laughs> Me too. I'm with
0: you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing your story. Okay, I, I gave you advance warning about this question. Oh. I'm going to ask about the packing. So now that you've been on the road for several months, what are three, as you, you, you call it, counterband <laughs> or unique items that you're going to pack even though it doesn't make sense or you just need them, you think it helps?
1: okay uh before i left i bought a kindle and uh i didn't think i'd like it because i do like the feel of an actual book i'm addicted to my kindle now me too i've actually brought it to the bar
0: (laughs) it's the perfect accessory when you have to have dinner by yourself everybody
1: oh absolutely and the amount of books that i go through just because i eat alone same it's unbelievable i in my first six months i think i went through 12 books
0: it's just so great because we, you know, being in different countries, it's hard to find the English language books you
1: want. It is. So it makes everything accessible. So definitely my Kindle. Um, I actually travel with a robe.
0: It's like a little silky. Ooh, a silky robe. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry to get a little, if that's a little raunchy for this. We're okay with uh, this podcast, <laughs> But, um, no, I bought it in San Francisco in the, in Chinatown, um, couple of years ago and I'm surprised how long it's lasted me and it, it packs pretty small so yeah it's a
0: like silky robe is good because when you first said robe I'm like the big terry cloth one it's like no no it, 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 it rolls it's up to the size it. of my
1: fists if I if I really put some work into it it
0: would be great for lounging right it makes you feel maybe like you're in a fancy
1: hotel it does yeah well I recently bought um one of those towels that just goes on your head for after the shower too oh cute <laughs> It, it makes me so happy
0: <laughs> yeah like do not even though you're traveling long term like do not deny yourselves the pleasures of home or the pleasures of the pleasure in general you know?
1: yeah that was a huge mindset thing for me when I first got to Chiang Mai uh, I wasn't sure how long I wanted to stay and I was trying to decide if it was too excessive to have a pool towel and a shower towel <laughs> and what did you do in the end I bought a shower towel yeah <laughs>
0: yeah if it's gonna bring you joy like have you read the life-changing magic of tidying up no i haven't Um, yeah it's like if it brings you joy keep it Mm -hmm.
1: uh when i first left philly um my lease was up and i had to get rid of a lot of my things i ended up being able to downsize to five of those large tupperware bins everything that i own uh and including like i i prioritized you know hey you know what? If I fail at this, I need at least a week's worth of clothes for a new job. <laughs> <laughs> I've got interview heels and stuff, like, just to make sure I can kick myself off when I get home. Uh, you know, just prioritizing those things, because you you can't take it with you, man.
0: What else are in those Tupperware rooms? <laughs> uh,
1: just memories, honestly. I mean, clothes, but,
0: you know, my sorority paddles. I have so many boxes in my mom's basement, but... I can't tell you what's in them. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost
1: like, why have them? Exactly. Uh, I have a nice winter coat and a ski jacket. Huh.
0: Yeah, that's useful. Especially yeah. in that area of the country.
1: Yeah, I used to be a skier, so um, I have all of those things. Um
0: think? Those expensive honestly things we don't want to keep don't wanna... buying because we keep leaving it somewhere. I understand.
1: Exactly. So it's really just those things. I mean, my degree is nicely framed so I've got that packed up and you know those kinds of things like it's not anything nothing too crazy
0: (laughs) well are there any other jobs that you would find useful or that you are there any are there any other jobs that you found useful to do while on the road that might be beneficial
1: for listeners yeah um while I was freelancing I also uh started teaching English online you can find plenty of programs where you can teach ESL through video chat, uh, and oh, really? I found that to be really helpful throughout my travels. Um,
0: that sounds like it would be a really good launching off point. Yeah, if absolutely. If you want to do this, but you're not sure where to go first.
1: It's definitely the easiest and the fastest way to get started, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, or I definitely recommended it to friends who, if they're just not sure where they want to go next, it especially in a place like Chiang Mai, or if you're going to maybe South America, you can kind of live off of it while you try to decide what you really want. Are there
0: any companies that you recommend listeners check out?
1: Yeah, I worked for VIP Kid, and I really liked it. Oh, okay. Um, Pretty simple. Uh, I was actually able to get my TESOL certificate through there, which was pretty pretty easy. Uh, I think China recently changed. So you teach students in China. Um, and they recently changed their requirements for a te- online teachers if you want to do that. So that was something that, um, I have another friend who does it and she just had to do it because uh, she doesn't have a degree in teaching. I don't have a degree in teaching either, but it's kind of nice to know that I have that profile up there. I've got a good set of, um, you do technically have followers on there too, right? Oh, really? So, and they get notifications when you open up slots. So God forbid anything were to happen, I do have that to fall back on, which is
0: really nice. That is, I think, always a great. It's always good to have a plan B.
1: Yeah, and there definitely should be. Um, you know, you definitely need to have a an emergency fund and fu money, right? If something goes really bad, you just and you just need to get out of there. F.U. fund.
0: Like, like you were right? talking about confidence before. That definitely gives you the confidence. You Absolutely. Know, and a, an abundance mindset.
1: Right. Like, who cares how much the Uber costs? Like, just get yourself out of this situation. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Definitely. Well, of all these travels that you've done now, since the age of 12, age <laughs> younger than that, yeah. uh, what, what do you think travel has taught you?
1: Never judge someone. And uh, there are a lot of ways to live your life just because somebody doesn't live their life the way that you do, doesn't make them wrong, weird. Uh, Yeah, so I think it's just the judgment thing, learning not to judge people. Uh, We're assuming that your way of life is superior, which um, can be hard today, right?
0: It's it's interesting because I do think, you know, us both being from the States and from a similar part of the country, like, Mm -hmm. we're told so many times growing up, or we were, I'm sure that you were told, oh, this is the best country in the world we do
1: things the best way yeah a big one i remember being told was uh that a degree in the states like hold held much more weight than a do- degree from somewhere else I'm like and a lot it's more a degree money. yeah it costs a lot more money uh so i don't
0: think that's necessarily true <laughs> and i think being told that so often we were young it keeps people like us Staying in the U.S. or not exploring as as far because they think no I'm already in the best place but right. they never took that time to check it out and see if it was true
1: exactly or it's you're valuing um, just being in the states instead of um, being in the ble- best place for what you want to do right so like Pennsylvania is a bi- is a big state to go to school for teaching or uh, nursing I think is pretty big there. Um, so it makes sense to travel somewhere out from somewhere else to, to learn that there. That wasn't necessarily the best, the supreme place to study communications. I mean, I went through a really great program, but it wasn't like the place to be for communications, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I don't love my country. There's so much I'm sure we both love about the US. Uh, of course. Born and raised, but I think that we're the number one mentality can really limit
1: Absolutely, and there's no place like home. But yeah, that mentality can really uh, is not helpful.
0: So, what advice do you have for those traveling for the first time, or those who might feel too overwhelmed to travel?
1: Uh, What helped me was uh, I made a packing list, and then I cut it in half. I promise you don't need nearly as much as you think that you do, and. Being outside of your hometown doesn't mean that there's nothing is inaccessible to you, right? I mean, Amazon ships everywhere, so (laughs) you really, you really don't need nearly as much as you think you do. Uh, And if you're just getting started. Uh, I definitely recommend uh, reading Vagabonding or the four hour work week, of course, is the Nomad's Bible, right? <laughs> but definitely just doing your research and finding out the system that works best for you because there's a lot of advice out there. So that can feel really overwhelming, and I definitely got caught in that overwhelming feeling. Like, you know, I'm getting so many different pieces of advice from so many different places. Uh, just, you gotta filter it out and just start. Like, the minute that you get on the road and you're actually in it, you become a lot more better at filtering those things out uh, and being able to do your own research and deciding what's best for you. So just
0: breathe and do your own research. <laughs> Great advice. Great advice. And where do you want to travel to next, Emily? What is your next travel challenge, would you say?
1: I have been dreaming about Bali. Uh, and spending maybe the rest uh, into the summer there um, but I have a wedding in November in Virginia so um, I had to head back to the States I'm thinking about spending uh, a month or two home to really celebrate that uh, so I really have to make my way on that side of the world <laughs> um, but uh, Asia for most of 2019 nice there's so much mm-hmm. to explore here between yeah between bali and thailand i'm sure
0: i'll be somewhere there <laughs> great i'm sure you'll make the most of it yeah i'm really excited well emily thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us today i've learned a lot about you too in this conversation <laughs> if our listeners want to find out more about you or even use Emenco for their next marketing venture where can we find you
1: so you can find me at uh, Marketing. that's E-M-A-N-D-C-O marketing.com, or you can find me on Instagram at The Intrepid Emily uh, to see a little bit about my travels, and there's also some business on there too, but uh, those are definitely the top places, or you can email me uh, at hello at So Great, and we'll
0: put those links in our description on the website. Awesome. So, thank you, Emily. And I'm looking forward to spending time with you this weekend
1: at the Nomad Summit in Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for having me. It was so great to be
0: here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I hope you were as inspired and amazed as I was as I was interviewing Emily with how brave she was, especially at such a young age, to just think of her own path and how she was going to take it and then eventually getting on the road full time. So Emily, I have no doubt that you are going to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. And I wish you all the best with M&Co Marketing. We're going to put a link on the schooloftravels.com website to her marketing company if anybody's looking for some digital marketing advice. Emily has it. I'm also going to put links to some of the programs that Emily mentions, including the one she used for her middle school trip and also the company she used when she went to Columbia. Look for all the relevant links on our website, as usual. And if you're loving this podcast, you know I would love for you to subscribe, like, share with your friends. It helps to spread the word of travel and inspire others. So thank you so much. And I'm going back to my travel quote fun with one of the most prolific authors of our modern age and one of the best horror writers as well, Stephen King. He says, you can, you should, and if you're brave enough to start, you will. I love that. That could apply to so many things even beyond travel. The question is, when are you going to start, listeners? Take that trip. Start planning now. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall, and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money in this world, living in this